We got all your favorite shit. See, I see. See, we, we pay attention to detail. <laughs> Honestly, when I, so I didn't know you were a Skittles guy. When I first saw this, I said, holy shit, these f***ing guys thought he was Marshawn Lynch. Oh, no, 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 no. Because no, 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 no. he was obsessed with Skittles. Yeah, different yeah, Skittles. Yeah, different Skittles, yeah. No way you were eating this stuff. Who? You. Are you really? You're like in peak physical con I eat this stuff. You That's my trainer right there. <laughs> you want you want to get rid of this? <laughs> get in there, get in there. Thank you, thank you. So um how long have you been in New York? Yeah, not even twenty four hours. Oh really? Mm -hmm. Okay. Joe's got you running around? You got yourself running mm -hmm. around? Okay. Joe's for a good cause though. For sure. And um, I love that you're so passionate about doing so much off the field and like exactly. we're going to get into yeah. all that stuff. I think it's great. What do you like about New York when you come here? What do you like to do? I ain't been here in two years. I used been to visit my uh, agent out here okay. every off season. Parties out here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> After that, I mean, I just like the culture. Like, okay. It seems like it's a, like a big mixing pot of everything yeah. and everybody. Um, no doubt. So I, I just like seeing okay. different people and, and feeling different vibes of people. Would you ever play here? No. Uh, I know. <laughs> Not in the plan right now. I know. What's the time frame? It's only until February. So you've got... What do you have to do for that? I did that years stock. ago. What do you have to do so for last that? Last year, rounds one, but he had Tesla and Netflix. Good picks? Yeah. All right. I like First Republic. I never, I never, I never <laughs> want that. You're hitting home today. It's not yeah, one of them. It ain't one in Seattle. Yeah. So. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Actually Too really good people. I've heard, I've heard they're great. Great service and yeah, it's a shame. Yeah. What First Republic? Yeah. Um, they were giving out one percent mortgages and stuff to like, yeah. like very wealthy people. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. I don't think that's the problem there though. Well, when it we saw it in real time when Silicon Valley, you know, that that hit the fan, literally that same day, everyone's calling FRB because that's their other buddies on the West Coast, and everyone's transferring their cash from Silicon Valley to First Republic, and then oops, and yeah. another four days, it's you know. But so, friend. but something about the way Pac West is handling it versus First Republic is different, because Pac West stock is going up right now. Yep. So they, they must have made a different decision in the moment. It was a little bit. If you watch the, all of a sudden the CEO wasn't talking, and then the chairman came back in and started making a lot of decisions. So Yeah, that's never a good were, sign, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so where are you guys all day? We have Bloomberg this morning, and then we're uh, tomorrow. We're, he's got uh, get up and first take. In the morning, oh, nice. And then uh, New York Stock Exchange on the floor, and then we'll do the stock picking draft. Okay. Two o'clock. You you're gonna do the bell ringing? No. That's, okay. At, at some point when he launches DKM Enterprises, he's gonna, he's gonna you do, do it. it then. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I just came from there today. Did you? Yeah. Um, it's quiet. The so nothing gets really done there. Anymore, no. Right? So the exchange, oh, like, museum, like right? the exchange in the 1990s, was like at its peak, at 80s, 90s, and now it's just like TV stuff. Like it's like a set. It's yeah. like a it's like a TV set, and. Um, but the thing they still do well is the bell ring. Mm -hmm. Like when companies want to celebrate 10 years or they've been public or whatever, they still, they go all out. Yeah. Like company bring all their employees and that that part's still fun. And then in the middle of the day, it's just like about, yeah. seven or eight guys walking around. That used to be where everybody was shouting, making trades. And right. It's, cr it's, cra it's when crazy. When did it die? 2000, I think. Because... 
everything just went on to computers and you just didn't need the guys yelling at each other anymore. Yeah. You know the Najarian brothers? Mm -hmm. So they're former football players. And they started out on the floor in Chicago and it was a physical job then. It wasn't just, about- Just to get space and get yeah, access. Yeah, because and, it was open outcry. So you had to get, you had to cut through the pack of people to be like the guy that gets the trade done. So they had a lot of football, they had a lot of like ex-athletes, hockey players, football players, um, because you know, we, had, we had Jill Schlesinger here. Do you know who she is? She's CBS News like financial commentator. She was an options trader. And they said, don't go to Chicago. Like you'll never, you'll never, never be survive. able to, you'll never be able to fight through these guys. Yeah. And she was like a college athlete, but just not physically big enough. Did so. you, you were, I mean, you were a broker back in the day, right? Yeah. Would that go, was that going through that exchange? Or yeah. Where, yeah. Yeah. There was two places to trade. Yeah. There was New York and NASDAQ. Yeah. Now open up a server, trade. Like it's, it's a whole different, it's a whole different world. So, but they, they keep they keep it going for ceremonial purposes. Yeah, cool. yeah. All right. So the plan for this is we're gonna release the podcast on YouTube like Monday ish, guys. Yeah, Monday. Monday. Yeah. You had to wear the hat. At least twenty five people will you see had to this. Wear the hat. I have. <laughs> <it>. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, it's a Giants hat. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, there were a couple of eagle calls on the streets. Oh uh, yeah. With the green shirt. Oh yeah, I bet. <laughs> Not big. Not, Actually, not a lot of Eagles fans. Your here. <laughs> rookie record was against the Eagles for the playoff game. No, I own it wasn't. The I own the Eagles. <laughs> but I'm saying, but you set a you set a record for most yards in a I mean, yeah, yeah but against the Eagles. Yeah, the Eagles are mine. The oh, Eagles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we good? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're looking good. I'm just gonna come in with three claps for sound sync. We're going no. We're going no headphones. Not necessary. Why? Yes, Nessa. Okay. It's up to you. Asking, it's up here. So the headphones yeah, are so that you make sure that you're speaking into the mic because you can hear yourself when you come back because right. it's really sensitive. Okay. John, so, I'm not plugged in though. Now these are the Skittle gummies. I've never seen these before. <laughs> Which I like, early. Check this the out. Jolly take, Ranchers taste exactly take like- that watermelon. Yeah. This one. And take that blue. blue and that purple. You're saying the Jolly Rancher gummies taste exactly like the Jolly Rancher. The watermelon Jolly Rancher tastes exactly like the hard one. Mm -hmm. the, the pink one. This one? Yeah. And the draft is tomorrow. Have this pink one. Right? Have this pink one. It tastes exactly what, like the hard. Like the, right, I'm about to talk yeah. though. All right, <laughs> I'll talk. I'm an artist. You're good. Okay. You're good. What you want to say? I do it. I do it. For <laughs> I got it. <laughs> special episode. Special episode one. Oh wow! Is that working? Okay. Yeah. We're in business. Give me my music. Welcome to The Compound and Friends. All opinions expressed by Josh Brown, Michael Batnick, and their castmates are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Redholtz Wealth Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for any investment decisions. Clients of Redholtz Wealth Management may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. Compound and Friends special episode. Bring it in. All right, so Mike, I think you're gonna host this episode, okay. and right. uh, I think that's appropriate. Okay. Okay, let's go. Let's All right, go. we are super excited today to be joined by DK Metcalf and Joe McLean. I'm gonna give an intro for you guys. I'm gonna read. It's gonna be awkward. Just stay with me for a second. All right, DK Metcalf is one of the best wide receivers in the National Football League. 
He wears number 14 for the Seattle what is Seahawks. One, what is this one of? What are we doing I here? I mean, it's one of. There's a lot. There's Isaiah Hodgins on the Giants. <laughs> we give respect to uh, everybody. We need help. We need help. Help us. Uh, all right. DK holds the record for most receiving yards by a rookie in a playoff game. Most yards in a season for any Seahawk. In just four seasons, he has already over 300 receptions, 4,200 yards, and 35 touchdowns. He is the owner of one of the craziest highlights in NFL history when he ran down Buda Baker, who had a 20-yard head start. Remember this one? Yes. Uh, We're we playing clips now. For <laughs> I, I want to see the reaction. All right, DK is going to do big things once his NFL career is over, but for now, his sole focus is winning games for the Seattle Seahawks. Unbelievable. I remember this in real time. This Was this Monday night or Sunday night? Uh, Sunday night. How many people ask you about this? Everybody. What? Everybody. Yes. I mean, this is legendary shit. I, I mean, all right, no doubt. No doubt. Um, all right, Joe McLean. Joe is the Chief Growth and Innovation Officer and Senior Managing Director of MAI Capital Management. Joe provides planning and investment advisory services to professional athletes, entertainers, and entrepreneurs. His clients include Academy Award winners, NFL and NBA World Champions, MLB All-Stars, and PGA Golfers. Joe played college basketball for the Arizona Wildcats for legendary coach Lute Olsen, alongside NBA stars Michael Dickerson and Jason Perry, and um, Miles Simon, right. who was an insane uh, college athlete and didn't quite make it in the pros. All right, we Which are... The Lakers now. He coaches for the Lakers? Yeah, he's coaching the Lakers. Oh, no shit. Yeah. I did not know that. Guys, uh, welcome welcome to the show. Thank you so much for doing this. It's so us. exciting. So we are super excited to have you guys. We're talking about athletes and money and all that sort of stuff. We're going to start out with, we're going to rewind the clock to the NFL draft. I remember when you were drafted. I'm not a, I'm a huge NFL, I'm a huge Giants fan. I'm not a big college football fan, but you came out of the scene with those pictures. Everybody's like, who the f*** is this monster? That's a wide receiver. He looks like a, like a defensive end or something. So I want to know, and I'm sure you get this all the time, so I apologize for bringing it back up, but what was the draft like? You were the ninth receiver drafted, and some of the list of players that were drafted before you, it's like laughable at this point, but I'm sure in real time that was probably agony for you. So what was it like being the ninth receiver drafted? Are you thinking about like just ego, financials, like I'm with my whole family, I'm embarrassed? What, what was that like for you? Uh, I would say it's more so an embarrassment um, because I actually went to the draft and my family was there and... They had to just sit and watch me go through, um, you know, that process of watching nine receivers, well, two receivers in the first round, um, and then uh, seven others get drafted before me the next day. Um, you know, it was just I, just, I just felt embarrassed. And then the question came up through my head, like, am I am I even good enough to play in the NFL? Um, you know, which is laughable now. But, you know, when you're sitting there and you got 63 other people drafted before you, uh, you know, you kind of get to replay all the mistakes that you made and, all the reps that you didn't do or the the decisions that you didn't uh, make uh, properly while you were in college and growing up. And then right after your name is called, it's like, why was I even mad? Like, did you meet, right, did you meet with, work. did you meet with these teams in advance and, and be like, I thought, I thought this was done. Like I thought I, I was good. Um, I mean, yeah, every team that drafted <laughs> team. the receiver. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I remember walking out of the uh, Cardinals, uh, draft uh, meeting and I said you can either play against me on Sundays or get your ass whipped by me at practice so That's right. you know pick your choice and, and they took Andy Isabella is that who yeah, they drafted they took Andy Isabella and Byron Murphy <sighs> like AJ Brown and Debo is one thing but as I'm going through the list I'm like oh my god oh my god so who goodness. do you talk to so who do you, who do you talk to in that moment to like get get recentered refocused because you still have your whole career ahead of you and now I almost would argue like it's kind of good having a chip on your shoulder I know I do 
Um, you must have from that moment. But like, who do you talk to in that moment, and what do they tell you? Uh, well, my dad was a big person for me uh, yeah. that I that I leaned on for most of my inspiration and any time I was going through anything because uh, he lived the life of an NFL player, um, you know, nine, 10 years before me. So just to see his son in that same moment, it was like, you know, it was a blessing, uh, you know, for him to go through that process. So I couldn't, you know, downplay it. Like it wasn't just a blessing for me to just even be considered in yeah. the first or second round. Um, you know, looking back at it, uh, I was mad. I was angry. But, you know, now I, nobody even, you know, says anything about the 64th pick or, no, no. or about draft night. It's I all. was watching that video of you and your dad. Man, that got me a little dusty. That was yeah. that was a hell of I mean, a emotional it was, it was a blessing, uh, you know, just to hear my name called. Yeah. And, you know, it was work you, from that you, point forward. Are you a person that thinks that things happen for a reason and that this was supposed to be the way it played out? Oh, Because sure. it looks like that from the outside looking in. Yes, sir. I mean, I look at signs um, and I, I never take anything for granted. And, for him, um, and for God to put me in the second round to go to the Seattle Seahawks, um, and I was just looking at my meetings the other day, actually from uh, the the combine, and the Seattle Seahawks I met on a Wednesday, and that was the only meeting I had that day. Okay, um, and it was the best meeting that I had. Um, okay, and then for them to take me, it was like you know a breath of fresh air. And when I got up there, um, you know it was just work time. So you, what what is it like at that stage? Like. I'm curious, a lot of questions for you. I'm curious what it's like being a 20-year-old kid going to a new city. But before you get to Seattle, what is the process like at that stage of, do you find an agent? Is the agent setting up those meetings? What is the negotiating like? Like, can you negotiate with an agent? Like, what is that whole process like? Uh, so I, I didn't meet with, I mean, I didn't negotiate any of my agents. I met with, uh, my dad talked to all of the agents and then uh, filtered out everybody. And um, I, I signed with uh, my agent, uh, my last year, like middle of the season of my last year of college. Um, and then the next meeting I had with them, I came in with a neck brace on because um, I broke my neck uh, my, my last year of college. Yeah. Um, and the first words they said to me were, you know, if you don't come out this year, we'll, we'll still take you next year. And that was like a sigh of relief because they, they bet on me um, and they, they believed in me. So, I mean, I just went with th those guys because to see me at my lowest point, they still had confidence in me that I was still going to be a great player. Because it didn't have to turn out with an injury like that. Exactly. It didn't have to turn out that way. Yes, sir. But so okay. you're 20 years old. You're going to Seattle. I think as sports fans, we forget like how young these kids are. Like it's crazy to me that you're so much younger than me because you're like you're such a grown man and you're a professional athlete. But you're 20 years old. You're getting to Seattle. What is that? What is that like? Um, I mean, I just I like, hope you like seafood. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I love sushi, so it was, it was a good match. But That's good. Um, I mean, the first people I, I met when I got to the locker room were. Russell Wilson, Dwayne Brown, and Tyler Lockett, and uh, Bobby Wagner. So I just started to surround myself with people that were, um, you know, successful and at a level of, of uh, playing that I wanted to get to. So I just started to mimic their every move. Bobby like, Wagner must have been so important to oh, you. Oh, yeah, for in sure. That, in um, that time? Yes, sir. Um, okay. And, you know, having him back now is just even bigger because um, having somebody of that caliber to, to mimic and look at and not just see, you know, how he carries himself on the field but off the field – um, is, is just like big for me because, you know, I'm just trying to mimic his every step because yeah. he's a 10-time All-Pro, um, you know, pro bowler. So Still doing I mean, it. Exactly, and that's exactly where I'm trying to get at. So I'm curious, before we get into some of the money stuff, how did you meet Joe? I met Joe through a referral. So I was uh, switching financial advisors, um, and a good friend of mine uh, referred Joe um, to me and uh, sat down on the call uh, with him. I was sitting in Arizona. And I 
specifically asked him, I said, um, I don't need anybody just to manage my money. I need somebody who's going to teach me along the way. Um, and he said, all right, I got you. And he never wavered from that promise. And, you know, he's still sitting right here beside me today as, you know, not only a financial uh, advisor, but a business partner. So, I mean, I just take, I take that relationship very seriously and he does too. And, you know, he sees how, how great I can be. Um, and he wants me to be great. So, I mean, I got to keep people around me that, that show Joe, me that co- level of respect. How common is that? What, what DK is talking about? Because it like, just, I think for, in the public consciousness, when you think of like, oh, this guy's a financial advisor to athletes. Mm-hmm. He's probably saying things like, don't worry about it. I got it. Don't worry about it. I got it. And not so much in a mentorship role. Um, is what I'm saying like more of a stereotype than the reality or are, are most of those relationships more like what I'm saying? I I, I think I was like that early on. Like, you you know, were like, I, I'll handle it. I'll I, handle I, well, it. Well, it was one of questions. those like, okay, I, I played professional sports for a second, got caught a lot. But, and then I went into the financial industry for 15 years and then got into sports and thought like, okay, I have a 15-year head start on you. Just I got this information that I learned from other rich people. Just do this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, that, and then I learned as as some of the clients went from one contract to the next to the next that – I, I need to start listening to what they're doing because there's a lot of stuff I can learn from them. Okay. And, and then that's when it became more of a co-piloted relationship because for a while, I'll be honest with you, you know, 10 years ago, I was trying to race ahead to whatever their next deal was. Like, what, what am I missing? What do I need to know as a young advisor? Because the money's going from $2 million a year to 10 to 20 to, to 50. Right. So how do I get ahead of it? And then I just realized as a teammate, just, just keep building the locker room around with good people. It doesn't just have to be me. It could be a bunch of other people helping educate too. So DK, your your rookie contract being, I guess, towards the end of the second round was relatively modest. Still a f- ton of money. By, and I'm sure more money than you ever saw at a paycheck. But when you got your first paycheck, when you see all of the shit that's coming out from taxes to like equipment, whatever, whatever, agent, and then you see what's left. What was your, do you remember what your first reaction was like when you got your first paycheck? Yeah. You called Joe. No, <laughs> I called my agent directly. Yeah. I said, hey, what is this, man? Getting <laughs> robbed. Yeah, right. Um, what is federal tax or why am I paying like 49%? <laughs> like, yeah. And I just had a lot of questions, but, you know, to eliminate all those questions, I really had to educate myself on what was going on around me to where I could capitalize on why I'm losing this money and how can I make it back or how can I be better with saving my money for not only myself, but for my family and my future. Do you think that's one of the things that most people misunderstand when they see whatever number your name is attached to and they think like you just have that money Oh, facts, or yes. you're getting that money? They yes. have no I mean, idea, right? You might as well cut that in half. <laughs> like, yeah, you got 80 million. <laughs> right? <Look it> up. <laughs> Is there anything that comes out of the paycheck that's like that uh, that the normal person wouldn't believe? Like, for example, I don't know, shoes, equipment. Who pays for all that? Uh, no, uh, that doesn't come out of the paycheck. But the agent fees, uh, right off. The, yeah, um, no, 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 no write off. Right through, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right through your bank account to theirs. <laughs> what was the first big purchase that you made? Um, after my rookie year, um, I bought a car. Okay. Um, for my birthday. Okay. And that was it. That okay. was the only thing I spent my money on my rookie year. Okay. You're in Seattle, so probably not a convertible. No. <laughs> okay. No, no. Okay. So you're now five years into the league. Um, I'm sure you've made some investments, some decisions that work, some didn't. How is your thinking on money and what it does for you and how you want to invest and spend it and save it? How has that changed over time? Um, it, it changed because it went from like a transactional one-year plan to a, a 10-year plan or a 20-year plan on how I could save my money and make my money work for me now to where – when I get out of the league or when I retire, it's a smooth transition to where I don't have to worry about a, a next paycheck. I just get to do the stuff mm-hmm. that I want to do and help the people that I want to help. 
Yeah. So I don't know what the average NFL career is. I know for running backs, it's like two and a half years or something. Um, I don't know what it's like for receivers. I'm sure it's a lot more than that. But nevertheless, you've got what? Like you got your extension. God willing, you've got like maybe one left in you. Who knows? But it's it's finite, right? It's not a 20-year career. So how do you balance? Like you want to enjoy yourself today and you don't want to like deprive yourself. But you also, you've got to make it last the rest of your life. Your family, your, your you know, kids, grandkids, all that sort of stuff. So how do you how do you balance that? Um, I say the best way to balance it is just knowing uh, and have a having a conscious, uh, making a conscious decision that you have to um, plan for your reti- retirement. But at the same time, it's okay to live day to day. Like they could coexist, and you can you know buy yourself a nice watch, but you have to also save and put money away, you know, for when you retire, and you still have to pay for your daughter's uh, dance or for her to go to prom. So. Um, I think it's just having that conscious decision and, and Joe helped me along with this is just um, saving 80% of my net taxes and then making that 20% my investment money or my uh, splurge money or my entrepreneurship money. And just having that conscious decision that that 80% is working for me sitting in a bank and collecting interest while you know I'm out here and working from paycheck to paycheck to where I don't have to worry about anything else because... I, I can go to sleep at night knowing that I still have 80% of my money in the bank working so, for me. So we live in an era now where the top-tier athletes are not planning a lifestyle where they're going to live off their football or basketball money, but they're planning something much bigger than that, and the pro career on the field is just the springboard. And I think that's probably something that's just in the last 10 years. Like I don't think that's something that really even existed, and you guys probably know a lot more about this than I do. But this idea of having a plan where football is included, football is not the main thing. First of all, I love that. But can you guys talk a little bit about the thinking behind how much bigger DK Metcalf the business could be beyond whatever happens in the next contract? I would say two years ago when I ran in a track meet, um, I, I, I finished the track meet. I, I didn't win anything. I got seventh place. But – Everybody that was around me after the track meet was like, thank you for bringing so many eyes to the sport. I'm a football player, and I help boost yeah. the ratings of a track meet. So I, I knew then that, okay, I can be somebody big in the world. Um, and anything I put my mind to, I can succeed at doing it. So capitalizing off my name and likeness now and not when I retire is one of the biggest decisions that I made. And how do I continue to capitalize off of that? I'm not just a football player. I'm going to be an actor one day. I love fashion. Um, I love watching movies, directing movies, producing movies. Like I want to have my hand in so many different pots to where the next generation of athletes or the, the next um, generation behind me can put their head down and say, okay, I'm not just going to be solo and just be put in a box to where right. people can just name me. Like, no, you can be whatever you put your mind to. And that's just one thing that I'm trying to encourage people and, and inspire people to do is just don't don't let somebody just put you in a box and just say you're a, you're a workout warrior or you're just an athlete. No, I'm right. more than an athlete. Um, I can sit in business meetings with top execs of, you know, a, a head company, and I can make business decisions because I'm just that knowledgeable in that area to where they're going to listen, not only because I wear a jersey and, you know, their son or, or their daughter loves me or loves the football team that I play for, but, you know, I'm also knowledgeable in the area to where I can make a decision that's going to change your life and your business's life for, forever. I, lo- I love that. And you could extend your prime. Your prime could go into your 60s. Correct. Uh, if, you're, if you're successful. So what do you have to do from an investing standpoint to prepare for what DK has in mind? 
So I, I think it's what he, what he referenced earlier. It's you know choosing that percentage of lifestyle you're going to live off of before the lifestyle chooses it for you. So that 80% knowing that, that that's automatic. So delayed, that, delayed gratification. That's, that's non-negotiable, right, on your end? No, that I mean it's it's a co-pilot. He can go to ninety if he wants to go to ninety. Um, but, <laughs> but I don't know. We'll top off at eighty. <laughs> you know, when, when we when we spoke to you years ago, we were like blown away that you are like so adamant that if 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 your client's not serious about saving money, you're not going to work with them. Period. Yeah, I mean it's I got three kids, and you want to leave the house and do something that's that's meaningful and make impact. And so when you have people like DK that want it even more than you want it for them for them for themselves, and that that makes that's huge. Um, and so it'll be a learning yeah, process. Clients for who get time. it, regardless that's of awesome. regardless of w- yeah. walk of life or how they make their money, if yeah. they get it, they get it. And so it's it's got to be a mutual respect thing. And and now you know, and so it can't be fear. You do this, you're going to go broke. You know, now it's someone's going to get drafted by Seattle you know, on tomorrow. And then when he's in the locker room, they're going to go directly to his locker because he's the pro's pro, right? That, that's a respect level that he now has in the locker room that I think even in college or in high school, you know, you don't typically aspire for that. Like you had posters of pe- players on the wall, not paychecks mm. and not an enterprise. And now yeah. he's an enterprise. So building out a plan to make sure even if some of these other entrepreneurial things that he has going on doesn't work, you still have 12 to 24 paychecks paying you for the rest of your life. That's stuff that never, no one in school ever taught us. Yeah. Right. And so now that he's um, building out DKM enterprises and has something he wants to do with fashion, building out production, being in Hollywood, having his foundation set up and doing meaningful things in, in Seattle and Mississippi, it's now every move he makes, one plus one, he has to equal six. Yeah. Right. right? Don't be a pass through entity, you know, just doing a deal to get a check for three years. Yeah. Right. That's what a no, lot of athletes build equ- have done. Got to build equity. It's all ownership and equity, but you right. know, it's something that we're doing. You know, when they start developing the foundation, DK is going to have internship programs, and there may be some young, young African American young people wanting to get into to design or in fashion. They're going to do intern- internships through the foundation. His production company is going to develop. Yeah, oh, their it. content, and then he'll be able to distribute that. And so, if you're in movies, you can take the fashion and, and that. put that yeah. center so stage. There's a lot of, of like different things you can mix up. What together. sort of movie guy are you? Yeah. What's, your, what, what's your favorite movies? Oh, I love uh, horror movies. Okay. So, Me, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big horror what's the, what's movie the, He goes to the theater to buy, I, the, buy, by yourself. Yourself. buy myself. Yeah, yeah, with popcorn and just enjoy <laughs> See? it. Yeah. I am told you I'm not a <laughs> Anybody else in the theater? You still are. You still are. You still are. Go ahead. Joe, so you as as DK's advisor, would you describe yourself as like the head coach? And then you've got lawyers, accountants, like as as coordinators. Like how does that relationship work? Yeah, because you guys talk you talk about having a locker room, a professional locker room. That's a really interesting concept. You want to be surrounded by players like away from sports that you feel a camaraderie with. So it sounds like you guys have assembled a much bigger team. The Avengers. And, yeah. yeah. So, all right. So tell us about the Avengers. You know, it, it, it's, it's ever growing. Like it, you, you, as DK knows, you always got to be in a room where everybody's smarter than you. Uh, Do you need it, a podcaster? Yeah, we're working <laughs> on it. Yeah, yeah. All right. No, but for real, like, I'm yeah. just curious. Like, do you go to the ATM machine? Like, how does how does the life of somebody with money who is professionally, like, your life is sports, right? You have to be training. There's, you don't have time to do, like, all— You're not going to the grocery store, I assume. Maybe you are. But, yeah? Okay. Yeah. But how does—so how, do, how does— I'm, I mean, the way I live my life, I don't try to, like, be above anybody. Like, I'm a, I'm still a normal person. I still go to the ATM. I still go to Target, get my do my Target runs or everything. But just knowing who you are, um, I think, is a big, big part of who I am. Like, 
I think the most dangerous person is somebody that can't, you can't tell me who I am because I already know who I am. Yeah. Um, so when <laughs> I go out, <laughs> when I go out in public, um, I mean, I just know who I am. Like if I want to, if a kid sees me and recognizes me, yeah, I'm going to stop and talk to him and try to inspire, inspire him and, and make his day. Like, How was walking in New York City? I mean, I, it was 10 people. Was, DK, I'm like, what's up, bro? What's up? How you doing? But uh, I mean, so, just but that's try also to put That's also part of the brand, though, that right. you're like that. Exactly. And that's what makes you an appealing brand, not just a famous athlete, but like people like people like that grounded, uh, that groundedness that you're right. talking about. I mean, yeah, if you can relate to somebody, then that just makes them that much more attractive, not only uh, physically, but, you know, that you can personally attract to somebody. Right. So right. Uh, getting back to football, Every year, there's there's players that hold out. You see other people getting contracts. I forget. I think Debo did it last year. Can't remember what other receivers did it. But when you see people that you think that you're better than getting contracts, you like, how does that make you feel? And do you yell at Joe, your agent? How does that work? No, you can't yell at anybody because <laughs> you know your time's gonna come. Uh, if you, if you deserve it, then you know it's gonna come. Uh, I can't look at you know Debo or AJ or compare myself to anybody because our walks of life are different and our paths to, um, to getting our contracts were different. Um, but at the same time. We all had the same agent. Um, you know, we all were going through the same process together, but everybody got their bread at, at different times. And, you know, when you sign your name on a dotted line, nobody's thinking about, oh, why'd you hold out or anything? Because you've just changed your your life and your family's life and trajectory of life for, forever. What's it like playing with uh, Tyler? Like, what's that relationship? Oh, my gosh. You guys uh, really competitive he, behind the scenes with each no, other? No, not or? even competitive. He's like okay. a big brother to me. Um, it must be I so mean, awesome. I, I love T. Um, yeah. Like, so from the moment I got in the locker room, he was like, bro, I know they drafted you to be the number one receiver. Go be it. And yeah. for somebody to say that That's to a rookie. That's the first thing he said. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, he has no hate in his heart, no ill will. Like, he still teaches me stuff today. Um, and when I'm watching film, I'll ask him questions about, hey, what did you see there? Why did you run a route like that? Like, Tyler's the most smartest, you guys, uh, compassionate person I know. Let me, let me tell you one other thing about Tyler. So yeah. you were, you, he was looking at, thinking about buying a, a condo in Seattle. He was, by the way, his first guy to sign a big contract and want to downsize. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and so looking at a condo, and Tyler went out and has his real estate license, um, you know, he represented us looking he at different stuff. I mean, he came, he <laughs> called us in advance, had— 10 different properties. He gave me the market comparison of everything that's out there. Um, there was one situation, I think it was like $100,000 above our budget. And he kind of pulled it aside. He's like, I don't even want to show DK this because this, this is outside the budget. Is this okay? Do we move forward? Like, I had never seen yeah. somebody take that type of time. He was there an hour before we even got there, yeah. just getting ready and prepping. And he's got a full-time job. In the NFL. So were were you cool. two guys a terrorizing defenses? Well, that one-two punch. Are you <laughs> yeah. guys the best duo in the league? For sure. Yes. For sure. I mean, we're in Seattle, so it gets downplayed a lot. But, I mean, yeah, I love T, and that's my road dog to the end. Like, I'm, I'll am i fight somebody over Tyler, like, for real. Who's, I, who's number two? Dolphins? Bengals? Uh, I mean, we don't worry about anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Yeah, Good answer. We don't worry about anybody. I heard you talking about, first of all, how great are the Seattle fans like, how awesome is that as, yes. a, like, a football city? Yes. I mean, it's a sports city from the Mariners For to sure. the Storm. I yeah. mean, back to us. If they get an NBA team, then, you know, I'll be— They need an NBA team. Yes, they do. That was, that those, was highway robbery. Yeah, those fans— You might uh, be ready to play on that NBA team. I saw, I you, mean, I saw, I saw you jamming <laughs> I mean, at a little, the uh, a little 10-day won't hurt. Um, <laughs> so I heard you talking about Seattle in terms of it almost being, like, your a second home city for you. And I know you're really passionate about where you come from, but, like— Tell us a little bit about what you love about the city itself and and just being a part of it, living there. Right. I mean, growing up in Mississippi, um, I went to school 10 minutes from where I grew up and where I yeah. went to high school. So it was just my first time away from home. And, 
you know, I, I didn't feel like I was away from home any. Um, you know, I go out and I eat at the local, uh, you know, Korean spots or uh, get sushi at the local restaurants. And, you know, nobody really bothers me. Like they, they'll say what's up and say hey and, and let me be. And I, that's, that's what I live for is, is just peace and respect. And, and that's what they've shown me ever since I've gotten there. And on Sundays, they're, they're cheering loud and, I haven't heard a stadium louder than the uh, the twelves in, in uh, Seattle. So, oh, forgot it. Yes. Famous yeah. for the twelfth man. Yes. Um, when you were when you were working out your deal with the Seahawks, how do you like personally think about the guaranteed money versus betting on yourself with incentives? Football is a brutal sport in terms of there's a lot of power with the owners and unfortunately less so with the players. It's you know with the injuries, I sort of, I get I, I I get it. So, how do you think about betting on yourself versus the guarantee? Um, I will say. I would take the guaranteed money because, uh, I mean, the only incentive I have is just being a great teammate, uh, great, great locker room, uh, you know, personality for for the team to play better. So, um, you know, with anybody getting their contract or negotiating their contract, I would say get all your money up front because you never know when your last play is. So uh, after the guaranteed money, I mean, betting on yourself with incentives, I mean, only incentive I have is getting a, uh, being a great teammate and winning the Super Bowl for the city. So that's that's the only, you know, incentive I have. Geno Smith. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. He was, like, legitimately very good last year. I mean, there was, like, some plays where he's making throws across the side. I mm-hmm. couldn't believe it. Like, he's been in the league for a while. He did a quick sit with the Giants. Obviously, he was drafted by the Jets. I did not see that coming. When did you know that he was going to have that type of season? Um, I mean, when you sit behind a Hall of Fame quarterback, um, you know, you kind of get a little motivated as to why I'm not playing. And uh, when he got his shot, he just took full advantage of it. Um, And, you know, for anybody who's taken full advantage of their opportunity, of course, they have to, you know, get their, um, you know, get their payday as well. So congratulations to him on on getting his bread. But He earned it. um, I mean, just I think – just being behind Russ and seeing how Russ operated and, and worked every day, he came in with that same mindset. He didn't mimic Russ, not one bit. He just did it his way and just gained the respect of the locker room one game at a time. And when everybody's seen how much hard work he put in and how serious he was about his craft and about the sport, I mean, it just changed everybody's perspective on him and how they viewed him as a football player and a man. Amazing how fast that could happen, too. Exactly. He's like a journeyman for, what, 10 years? Probably, right? Yeah, was, yeah ninth or 10th year, something mm-hmm. like that. Joe, you have this great list, 50 Reasons Professional Athletes Remain Wealthy. Mm-hmm. And as I was going through it, I was laughing at some of the things in here, <laughs> and we won't read them all. Um, but it occurred to me how relevant these things are, not just for professional athletes, but for but for everyone. Before we get into some of the items on the list, and I'd love for you guys to react to them, how did this come about? Is this just something that was in your head and no. you just said, let me, let me write it? No, so this was years ago. I had, I had probably got— my eighth email from a media request asking, give me another horror story of someone going broke. Or oh, the media loves that shit, by the way. Stuff. They want all the headlines. Yeah. And I remember I was sitting next to my wife, and I just got so pissed. And, and, and I opened a bottle of wine. I said, you know, there's all these great reasons why people stay wealthy and why they, all the good things, because there's most of the guys are doing great things. So I'm going to – I just started rattling up off things that I knew were working. And then I sent a group chat text – this is years ago – to all, every client – and it was crowdsourced probably from 8 p.m. to 1 a.m. Oh, people were throwing out their yeah, ideas. And so a lot of them were common, but that, that's how we got to 50, okay. 50 different. <clears throat> All right, so let's let's go through a few of these because I think I think some of them are— You can are... figure out which ones are mine personally, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so like so like the first one, pay, pay yourself first. Yep. This sounds so obvious, but it's not obvious in the moment as you go decision by decision. Like you could wake up and repeat that mantra to yourself, pay yourself first— but then, like, 
people call you, shit happens. It, it's If you don't make that one automatic, it doesn't work. If you have to make a decision every month to then right. go pay yourself. So you got you to find a way to online to make that right. automatic. Yeah. Don't take advice from poor people. Not poor in the pejorative sense like we're – like, like it's a judgment. Um, Kanye said something like this. I don't, I don't take advice from anyone with less money than me. Yep. Uh, that was a, uh, I, I was a former college teammate who lost his entire first contract and then realized he was taking, he really loved his family and his, his friends. But they and were not in a position to have were, an opinion and he, on and this And stuff. so they were the one managing all the money. And then he realized like they're really good at being poor. And yeah. so I've, I've got to find a way to, to, Okay, so taking advice from generational wealth experts, again, sounds obvious, but but if you're a, a, fo- a football player, you just spent three or four years in college with tunnel vision focused only on getting better, getting better, getting drafted. How do you know who's an expert and who's not? Everyone says they're an expert. So how do people follow that particular piece of advice? I think some of it is also going to teammates, been there, done that, uh, okay. getting, getting outside of sports. So, you know, there's a lot of even people wanting to get into financial management and sports because they love sports. It's like that's that's irrelevant. You know, what are you bringing from a different part of the industry that's very, very relevant? So, you know, they have the chance to, to work with the owners and get to know them. And and those are all multi-generational type wealth. And so building that okay. locker room. Uh, DK, he has uh, number 12. They don't chase another dream. They live the existing one. How does that hit for you? Um, don't chase another dream. Live the existing one. Be in the moment is what I, I got from that. Don't don't go basically living for other people. Um, okay. Live your own dream and your own aspirations, and and don't try chasing anybody else's right. uh, else's dream. Okay. Um, Twenty nine. Uh, hang on. They get their family out of debt b- before buying a gift. This seems like it would be something that comes up all the time. Yeah, I think because it's, people yeah. want to do nice things for those around them, they just don't know what's the right thing to do. We just talked about it. it it's get you know, okay. get get your wife, get your mom a, a house and a financial plan because if they don't have the financial plan, the house eventually goes away. So how do you how do you get the first house that then leads to a bigger house? Okay, I like that. Uh, you're telling people to play golf. What's up with that? That you know, he still needs to. I mean, I know why he's saying that. <laughs> a lot of business uh, plans and uh, but why is that? Why golf. is that on the list? Yeah. So it, to play it, golf. That, that a couple of things. It's it gets you out of your comfort zone. You know, especially you know if you've never grown up around the game, it puts you in a space where there's a lot of successful people and networking. Um, but first, you know, it's really it's out of your comfort zone. Something you've never been been engaged in before. That, that also, could be another five sport. hours. It's five hours that you're not doing other shit. Yep. Also. Yep. Which is which has got to. Yep. Uh, I think it takes your mind off stuff, too, when you're out there. Um, what's 29, Mike? Oh, the rims are 21 inches or less. That one's mine. Okay. Was that a joke or are you serious? No, that, so that was— um, What happens so at— So I, I was, what a, happens at I was a whole financial wholesaler <laughs> 22, back, your back plans blow up. 22 it's, is you're done. No, for, think about it. So I, I had a Ford Expedition. I had put 22s on them. I think I was 26 years old, feeling really good about it. You know, they didn't have the camera back then, so you tried to park. I curbed I curbed the wheel, mm. cracked the rim. It was $2,500 to fix it. It was like, never again. So a, okay. true, a true pro is always <laughs> 21 inches or less. Um, you, say they re- <laughs> you say they redefine the meaning of money. What does that mean? I think if you, you know, if you remember psychology, it, you know, the Maslow's hierarchy of human needs, most yeah. of us are, are stuck in safety and security and just thinking about money as a, as a form of payment to pay bills and, and get yourself out of debt versus something that could be f- fulfilling your, yourself, you know, self-actualization, helping other people. Um, most of the time, even if you're aspiring to be an NFL player, you're thinking about getting on the field. 
not the money comes with it. And then once the money comes with it, you know, how do I think beyond just the materialistic things that come with it? DK, are you enjoying the off season? Oh, yes. Yeah? Yes, sir. You looking forward to getting back to work or you just, you're enjoying yourself for now? I'm already back to work. Yeah. So, yeah. When do they call you back? Is it it's, uh, July or August? Uh, July. Okay. Well, we have to go back in early June for Oats uh, mini camp. And oh, then okay. Back again in, in end of August. Uh, I mean, end of July, early August. So who's going to win the NFC West next year? I'm sorry, what? Who's going to take the NFC West next year? Why are you thinking about the <laughs> NFC West? Uh, my mind's already at the Super Bowl. <laughs> there we <laughs> go. Well, you guys, are, you guys are awesome. And I know that you've been running around New York talking to a lot of people. So we really appreciate so much. I'm happy to be you're here. You're coming yeah. through and talking to our audience. And you're very inspiring. And it's just an honor to meet you. Joe, you're okay. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, you guys, you guys you, keep doing what you're doing. We're all you, learning from you. You guys are great. Yeah. And just thank you for like being outspoken on this stuff and just being another voice that's uh, I think going to help to promote, um, you know, all of the the right things about investing in finance. So thank you, thank you guys. Appreciate you. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate it. All right, we. This has been uh, Joe McLean, DK Metcalf. Uh, guys, make sure you hit the likes, you subscribe, you do all the things. Yeah. We're, we're going to hit you up with a few. All right. And, and enjoy the gummy jolly ranch. All right, fellas. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, guys, we'll talk to you soon. Take us out, Duncan. Thanks, man. Dude, that was, that was so much fun.